Trust and pray that all is well with you, and that you, at this time, are drawing nearer to God, as this time is filled of uncertainty and doubt, that you may find that you can trust in the living God who made heaven and earth. I would like to draw your attention to the book of Second Peter, chapter 3, and we will read from verse 1 to verse 9. That's Second Peter, chapter 3, from verse 1. Peter writes, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is the reading of the Word of God. And the church says, Amen. In this passage of scripture that we just read, Peter is the author of this epistle, and he is writing to members scattered abroad Asia. Peter had previously written a first epistle, uh, written to the ones, Christians, who were scattered abroad, who were being persecuted and going through some form of suffering to which he sought to encourage them that they should continue looking unto Jesus who would be their resurrection and victory. He writes this second epistle, but however, he wrote not about suffering, because it seems that there was an emergence of false teachers at the time. And Peter sought to write to clarify or to bring to remembrance some of the things that Jesus and the apostles had taught. Perhaps at a time when they needed most these false teachers may have brought a lot of doubt into the hearts of the brethren. These false prophets, with their teachings, would deny even the teachings of Christ and the apostles. They denied Bible teachings and prophecies about the coming of Christ and the end of the world and judgment, which may or may not have included the soon-to-happen destruction of Jerusalem. It is in this last chapter of this second book, 
of Peter that we find today's lesson and encouragement. Today I would like to entitle our lesson, Solid as a Rock. Solid as a Rock. First and foremost, I think it's worth noting the fact that Peter wrote this letter as something that we should take notice of. The lesson being that we should not be content in just to allow false teachers to stand on a post, continuing to misrepresent God and Christianity. The very writing of this letter was to expose these false teachers through the teaching and the reiterating of the truth of God's word. False teaching is very dangerous and has the potential to offer to people a false sense of hope and the false sense of security, while profaning the holy word of God through their lies, they also give rise to a lot of doubt and skepticism, creating mistrust in God and his word. Such also converts men into scoffers or give rise to such practice. Who or what are scoffers? For they are a prominent figure of this text. In short, Scoffers are those who do not believe in God and His Word. On the contrary, they choose to treat it with contempt and even laugh, scorn, and mock those who believe in it. You know, it is a well-known saying that history repeats itself. And a quick look at what Peter alludes to point to that fact. There were false teachers and scoffers at the time of Peter writing to the saints, scattered across Asia. And there were also scoffers in the time of the days of Noah before the flood. Peter said that much, verse 5 to 7. In the days of Noah, when God promised to destroy the world because of the wickedness of men. This is recorded in the book of Genesis, chapter 6. The Bible tells us there, in verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and every creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Noah, the Bible tells us, was a preacher of righteousness, 2 Peter 2.5. Therefore, it stands to reason that he would have preached or warned the people of the, of the impending danger for however long it took him to build the ark, to warn them of the coming destruction. And during that time, there were scoffers who mocked him and made fun of his action, his response to the word of God. Until such time, it was too late. Until that day when God would shut the door of the ark and destroy the world with a flood. After the flood, the Bible tells us, Noah would offer sacrifice to God, who would then promise never to destroy the world again by water. We find that in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 9. God would then place a rainbow to appear in the sky as a sign of the covenant which he had made. Genesis 9 verse 11 to 16. Today, some use the sign and colors of the rainbow to support their own lustful agenda, 
But in reality, it is a reminder of the fact that God once destroyed this earth with a flood because of the wickedness of men. And then decided, because of His grace and mercy, never to destroy the world again by water. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 6 to 7, if you if you come back with me to the text, Peter says, Whereby the word, the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. In this passage, Peter establishes a couple of a couple of statements of facts, if you will. Statement one, Peter says that God once agreed to destroy the world in the days of Noah. Did God keep his word? The answer is yes. For the world was indeed destroyed by water, meaning God kept his word. Statement number two, Peter said that just as God had promised to destroy the then world in the days of Noah, he has plans to destroy it yet again, however not with water, because he wants to keep his covenant with Noah. But this time he has promised to destroy the world by fire. And so we get the sense now of history repeating itself. Just as there were scoffers and false teachers in the days of Noah, there were also scoffers and false teachers at the time of Peter's writing this letter to the saints. And as history would have it, about five to six years after writing this letter, Jerusalem was severely and utterly destroyed by the Roman Empire. The scoffers that were present in the days of Noah did not prevent the word of God or the will of God from being accomplished, nor did it prevent the will of God from being accomplished in the days of the destruction of Jerusalem. The Bible tells us, Peter also says, that there will be scoffers also in the last days. In 2 Peter 3 verse 3 he says, Knowing this thirst, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. There were scoffers in the days of Noah, scoffers at the time of his writing, and there will be scoffers before Jesus returned. It might be said that scoffers are a sign of things to come. But also, an even more interesting and important observation of this text is that despite all doubts and uncertainties, the true word of God stands sure against the test of time. The highlight of this text is not the constant presence of scoffers, but rather the certainty of the word of God coming to pass. And it's of this fact which Peter said in verse 5 of our text, 2 Peter chapter 3, they are willingly ignorant of this fact. So Peter proceeds to educate the ignorance by sharing a few things which I would like to share with you and bring this lesson to a close. The first thing that Peter speaks of that God is not affected by time as man is affected by time. As a matter of fact, he is not affected by it at all. Peter says, verse 8, 
But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Time is a condition which affects only man. It causes him to experience years, to grow old and die, to get tired, and also to forget the past. And none of these things apply to God. The scripture is not saying that one day is a thousand years to God, but, but that it is as, or like, it, it makes no difference to God. If one day passes or a thousand years passes, he may not even notice it as we see. They are all alike to him. However, men do notice and proceed to take each passing year, each passing day that God's word has not yet been fulfilled as false evidence that somehow God has changed his mind or forgotten to keep his word or that even that his words are untrue. And so Peter continues in saying that, Therefore, God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. The proverb writer tells us, Proverbs chapter 30 from verse 5 to 6, that every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his word, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. In Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, there the scripture tells us, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he said, and shall he not do it? Or have he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10 to 11, scripture tells us there, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not hither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. The word of God does not delay beyond the appointed time. The fact is, God is not slack concerning His promises as men do. He is, in fact, long-suffering. Man mistake the long-suffering of God as slackness. But God is rather not slack, but long-suffering. And the purpose of God's long-suffering is His desire for all men to be saved. For the Bible tells us there that he is not willing that any should perish. As a matter of fact, men are the beneficiaries of the long-suffering of God. It is to the benefit of the scoffers who mock and ridicule to stop and believe the word of God. It is to the benefit of the false teachers who teach falsely to start believing the truth and to teach it. It is for those who misrepresent the meaning of the colors of the rainbow and all other men to turn away from their sins and to be saved. Notice Peter's choice of words here. To represent salvation is repentance. Why? That's because without repentance, 
there can be no forgiveness of sins. We either repent or we perish. And that's what Jesus taught in Luke chapter 13 from verse 1. There Jesus said, or the Bible tells us, There was present at the season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifice. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose it that the Galileans were sinners above all other Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you nay, but except you repent, he said, you shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen, upon whom the tower of Siloam fell, and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. The long-suffering of God, Peter tells us, is to the fact that we may be led unto repentance, which leads to our salvation. And so Peter wants that history might yet again repeat itself. Because he speaks yet again in verse 10 of the day of the Lord, he said, will come as a thief in the night, in the which that the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Peter says that there will be scoffers in the last day. And they will continue to mock the coming of the Lord. And they will willingly forget that in the past, God has always kept his word. Just as they did in the days of Noah, so they were doing at the time of his writing. And they will also be present and doing the same thing before the coming of the Lord. And that's why the day of the Lord, he says, will come as a thief in the night. It will come upon them suddenly when they least expect it. Then shall it come to pass. Why? Because God's word always comes to pass. Because God's word is as solid as a rock. Or God's word is certainly more solid than a rock. The thing is, when we have a choice, a choice to believe either man or God, it is certainly in our, in our own best interest to hold on to the word of God instead. The question I'd love to ask you is this. When the Lord returns, on which side of history will you be? Will you be on the side of those that were caught by surprise? Or those that will be waiting for the coming of a new heaven and a new earth? My friends, now is the time for salvation. This life is the only one that we have to make things right with God. To make it right before we meet our maker. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the opportunity for repentance. Tomorrow is not yours. The scripture says, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. God is calling you to himself today. Will you listen to his call? Will you repent 
of your sins. For Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And God, my friends, is not a respecter of persons. What he says he will do, regardless of who you are. There are too many persons that are on the way to hell who have good intentions. Oh, one day I want to give my life to Jesus. One day I will stop living in sin and start serving God. Oh, one day I will do this, I will do that. Good intentions are not enough to help you make it to heaven. Repent of your sins. Be baptized so that the blood of Jesus can wash them away and become a child of God. If you are or were already a child of God and and you are falling away, return unto Jesus. For he says, come unto me all he that labor under heavy laden and I will give you rest. God is long suffering. God is also loving. His desire for you is not for punishment. His desire for you is not for pain. His desire towards you a good. To your own good. That you can inherit the promise of eternal life. As I bring this lesson to a close. I chose the title Solid as a Rock for two reasons. Firstly, I believe that this is the encouragement which Peter gives to the brethren regarding their faith. That it should be solid as a rock. Despite their, the false teachers and the false teaching that, that they heard constantly. Despite the, the scoffers and the doubters of God's word. Despite the persecution. Peter says, be diligent. Be blameless and do not allow yourselves to be led away by the arrows of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness. Verse 14 and verse 17. In essence, Peter is saying, be as solid as a rock. Secondly, because the word of God stands sure. Nothing can break the spoken word of God regarding his promises and or prophecies. What God has said will surely come to pass. The main reason for it not yet coming to pass is his desire to see all men saved. The main reason is not his slackness. The main reason is not that somehow he has forgotten or changed his mind. It is so that you and I could make things right before it is too late. If you are not a Christian, I want you to know that God God's word never fails. That God loves you. He sent his only son to die for you. That you might be saved. And that the reason for the seemingly delay of his return is that his long suffering is not willing that you would perish, but come to repentance and be baptized for the remission of your sins. I thank you for listening to this exhortation. And I trust that somehow you are motivated and encouraged to surrender to Jesus and live your life for him before it is too late. One day our bodies will go back to the dust and our souls to God who gave it to us. Are you ready to meet your maker? I leave this message in your hearts and I pray that you will respond accordingly to the love and the long-suffering of God. I thank you for listening. God bless you and goodbye.